0: Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey. It's going to be a fun episode because
1: we've got two Kellys on the podcast. (laughs) We'll have to, like, use... Uh, last initials or something like yeah. elementary school again. <laughs> That's right. KK, yes. KM. And who is our KM today,
0: Elizabeth? It's Kelly Minter. So, we love we're Kelly so Mentor. excited to have her. Kelly, um our audience is likely familiar with you since you have actually been on the show the past several weeks uh, right. through your Bible study Um, all things new which is all about second corinthians and i know many of them have been listening to you teach for those last eight weeks and then a lot of them are also familiar with you because we've had you on a few times which is so fun so give us just a little update on what's going on in your life and ministry these days um you know i've I've heard a rumor that you have a podcast maybe coming out soon so just kind of update us on where everything is
2: sure yeah Yes, it's been a busy season, which is shocking because, uh, you know, coming out of a year where pretty much every travel event that I had got canceled, uh, Mm -hmm. not just for, you know, 2020, but into 2021, a lot of it. And so I thought I was going to be just kind of coasting a little bit, but I've had so many writing projects and different things, which has been wonderful. I'm so thankful that ministry has not stopped and that it's been able to continue. So I did just finish uh, writing a Bible study for for lifeway which i'm super excited about it's uh it's called encountering god uh cultivating habits of faith through the spiritual disciplines and so it's Mm -hmm. it's going to be on the spiritual disciplines and it's going to be a study of the spiritual disciplines so i know i know i hopefully if you'll let me come back uh, in a few months i can we can talk more about that as it gets closer but i think that's supposed to be a november release but i'm super excited and that's kind of where my life has been this last year is just in those spiritual disciplines and writing that study. And I also have a, yeah, I've got a podcast coming out. Uh, it's, it's through K love and it's part of the access more network and it's going to be a Bible teaching podcast. And for the most part, it's going to be me, uh, sharing from the word about, you know, every episode about 30 minutes and there's going to be one a week. So, People can check that out at Access More, and it's going to be called the Cultivate Podcast, and I'm super, super, super excited about that. And I just, it's it's going to be a way where I can teach on a weekly basis, kind of in real time, uh, and and I'm just in in a more casual setting. You know, right. you guys know, like when you're speaking on stage or you're being videotaped, it's 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 just a little more, you know there's a little more pressure. And so the podcast gives me a, a little more casual way to to speak to people. So those are a couple of the things that I've been up to, which I've been really enjoying. I'm also in seminary right now. So that's, um, in, in fact, I have two papers due tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, sometimes I'm like, now why am I doing this to myself again? I like, yes. I don't have to do this, but I am really enjoying it. So that's good.
1: That's how much awesome. How much longer do you have, Kelly? Do you know? Do you have kind of a timeline? No,
2: you know, I'm taking one class a semester, but I'm taking one every summer. So basically, I'm in school constantly. yeah, but I only have one class at a time. And if I go that pace, I'm probably looking at six years or something like that. But I'm in it to really just learn and to right. grow. So it's been good. Yeah absolutely
1: well and you know we will have you back in november we definitely will have you back when the new study comes out and you're actually going to be speaking at the women's leadership forum in november so good time for that i cannot wait that's one of my
2: favorite events of the year love it love speaking to leaders
1: well and we are just praying for that we get to do this you know bigger live event you know this year and uh, we we probably people have been already asking me are we going to do a virtual event and the plan right now is yes that we will but we definitely are just praying that everybody will get to come to Nashville that wants to be here too so yeah we let's talk about what we've been listening to for the last eight weeks and all things new and Um, for me i actually had not gone through the studies so i'm actually kind of like listening along and stuff so um i'm wondering if you had to kind of go back if you now that you've done it and we've you know a few years out from when you when it was released maybe some things that maybe you would change or maybe you would add to the study or maybe some things god's even taught you about second corinthians since then sure
2: yeah, you know it's it's been a while. It's been it's been a few years since I've I've been uh, thinking about the actual Bible study. Uh, of course, I've I've you know dropped into Second Corinthians since then. I'm sure numerous times for you know whether just reading through the Bible or in my studies. You're going to go. You're it's a pretty foundational book, so you tend yeah. to get there. I, I would say, you know, Kelly, I don't know. I'm sure if I were to rewrite the study, of course things would change and such. But something that actually uh, popped up yesterday for me, and it was it was seminary related. But it was a a professor taught. It was actually NT Wright talking about um, this is Second Corinthians five, and it is I thought I had this underlined here. Oh yes, uh, five twenty one, and it's one of my favorite verses. And it says that that God so He made the one. So God made Jesus, basically. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And as we just think, as we're really nearing or really right on top of Easter, I, sh- I should say, I, I think that that verse, even though I did talk a lot about it in the study, is just so foundational when you think about the sacrificial nature of Christ and that he, that, that he had no sin. He knew no sin, yet he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. I mean, when you think of that that sacrifice and that transaction or that swapping of we get his righteousness and he gets our sin, mm-hmm. that's a mind blower of a verse. I mm-hmm. mean, just a mind blower. And the fact that it is in 2 Corinthians, I think is all part of that whole idea of the new covenant. And that that's something that... Um, that I did not understand when I first started studying Second Corinthians is that a lot of Second Corinthians is about how to live life as Christians and what that means, that since Jesus came and there is an inbreaking of Christ and his kingdom, we live different. And we are now under a whole new covenant and the law is not outside of us, it's actually been written in our hearts with the spirit of the living God. So it's those fundamental sometimes they seem distant in our theology but when they really begin to take root it changes it changes how we view life and it changes how we do life. And and, and yeah. so that's 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 a real central idea for me in second Corinthians
1: Yeah, I mean, even just when I think about the title of the study, All Things New, and we kind of go back to, you know, chapter 517 where it says that we're going to be made new. It really is when we think about Easter and we think about spring. And I don't know about you, but after a long year of dealing with COVID and everything, I'm like, yes, all things new. I am ready for all things new for sure.
2: Yes. Yeah, and And he really does do that, and he can do that even in the middle of a pandemic or in the middle of isolation or in the middle of it, you know, he, even when other things are becoming really old, he is able to continually renew. And, and that's, that's a encouraging thought, especially uh, in a, in a difficult season.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that you kind of talk about with that verse, and then there are so many other verses in 2 Corinthians that probably several of us are familiar with if we grew up in church and hearing, like, you know, it's kind of like the greatest hits of, like, memory verses in 2 Corinthians. We have, like, the thorn in the flesh, the jars of clay, the God of all comfort, and then, you know, the all things new, which is so helpful, like you said, to hear in this year. Um, And so how... How is there, Or is there a particular verse or passage that has comfort you, comforted you or challenged you more lately than perhaps it has? And maybe you already kind of talked about that with the um, verse in five. But is there, is there anything that maybe even yeah. as you were studying this for the first time that was like maybe like a quote unquote memory verse, but you hadn't thought of it or you learned something different about it um, when you really took the time to study it? And even like seeing it in context, like I think that's one of the things that I love about Bible studies that go kind of verse by verse is we see, oh, he's talking about this jars of clay over here, but it's because he talked about the God of our comfort over here. And so is there anything that kind of stands out in your memory or has stood out to you lately about the kind of overall context of these memory verses?
2: Yeah, you know, um, this year of, this past year, there's been a lot of loss, and I know that I know that there there are people listening who have lost loved ones, uh, whether it's to COVID or just to, to something else. Uh, I, you know, I do a lot of work with Justice and Mercy International in in Manaus in the Amazon, and Manaus is the capital city of the state of Amazonas. And some people have, have caught in the news that that it's one of the hardest hit. Twice, it's been one of the hardest hit. Uh, for COVID in the entire mm. globe, so you're looking wow. at the whole world, and they they've run out of oxygen there, which is, you know, extremely ironic because people refer to the rainforest as the lungs of the world, and so the right. lungs of the world are out of oxygen, and it's a, it's it's been so much loss, so much trauma there, and dear friends of ours that we've lost, and the one the one verse that comes back to my mind is Second Corinthians, and and you you already um, hit it, uh, Elizabeth, but it's. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And then I'll just read verse 5, 2, for just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. What's interesting here is that Paul's talking, he he mentions Jesus for certain here, Jesus is central to this, but he begins by saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So He's talking about the Heavenly Father, and he says, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And I believe it's that word, mercies, and every, you know, English translation translates these slightly different, but I believe it's that Greek word for mercies that is the, uh, Greek word oiktermas, and it's not used. Very, I think it's only used five times in the New Testament, mm. and it's a very, very strong, visceral, deep compassion. A, um, in fact, I think it actually means like bowels of mercy. So we don't, <laughs> we don't really like walk around talking about bowels. We talk about the heart,
0: right? But in that
2: time, they talked about the bowels. Like that's where you would feel this. It's mm. so deep and it's so visceral, and. I I remember being so moved by the fact because a lot of times I think we think of Jesus you know God God of the Old Testament he's stiff he's distant he's full of wrath and then Jesus comes and he's kind and he's loving and but but it's all God God is God from top to bottom and here we get the we get the the heavenly Father who is the he is the father of this which means he's the source of it he's the founder of this kind of compassion. And I, and and then it says that he is the God of all comfort and he comforts us in our affliction. And I feel like I continue to go back to this because it's easy to think that God has forgotten us or that he is not with us in this. And Paul says, listen, he's the father of comfort. Any comfort that we've ever seen in another person or that we've ever received in any form or fashion is, is merely a, 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 an and outpouring of that, but it, the source of it is actually the Heavenly Father, that, that He would feel this way for us, and that He would comfort us in our affliction, and that that, um, that, that comfort that we receive uh, would, would flow out unto others is powerful. And so as much suffering as there has been, according to Paul here, there is as much opportunity for the comfort of, of Christ to, to overflow to others. So I would say that's been that's been a powerful passage for me during the season.
0: For sure. I know I've definitely quoted that um, a few times as well, just because it is so powerful to think about. Like you said, our God is the God of all comfort and also that we are supposed to then, because he has comforted us, comfort other people with that same comfort. And so. I think this is a year, and we've talked about it a lot on our podcast with Kay Herda and with others, Mm -hmm. just like we're all experiencing grief right now, and we all need comfort in some way, Um, and so just to kind of use this as an opportunity to point to the one who is the source of all comfort um, is a challenge and an encouragement at the same time, for sure.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, we know that
1: Corinth, had its kind of share of issues and even <laughs> issues within the church, and Paul kind of has to address some of those. And and the culture was, you know, in some ways, Corinth had this culture that's similar to things that we deal with today. So let's talk for a moment about some of the similarities maybe that stood out to you when you when you look at the two cultures.
2: Yeah, that was cool when I first started studying Corinthians was looking at the fact that It was a super cultural place. There was entertainment, the arts, sporting events, commerce. Merchants were coming in and out because it was located it was like an isthmus, which is a hard word to say. And I think I had to look it up exactly. I think I think maybe Seattle is that. I'm not sure, but it's kind of where there's if if you know, this is where I need to go back and do my exact research but I, I think it's when there's water on you know both sides essentially and so you had all of these merchants coming in and out it was it was diverse and it and so it you know it wasn't like the necessarily like the Galilean countryside or I mean this was a happening cultural city yeah you had
1: mentioned like there were like 80,000 people
2: I think that were probably living in Corinth at the time yeah, if that's what it says, Kelly, then that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned that. But which, I mean, when you said that, I, it really
1: did kind of put that in perspective. I was like, that was a big city. It's for... like in Metropolis.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and like I said, it's been a little bit of time since I've been, you know, looking at all of this. But I think just the whole, you know, Greek influence and all of that cultural piece was is, was very significant. So What's really interesting is when Paul opens up and says to the church in Corinth, it's like an oxymoron. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, wait, you know, and it, that's, how can there be a thriving church in a place like Corinth where you had these temples to false gods where there was, you know, all all manner of, of, of crazy, uh, you know, stuff going on at, at that time to say the least and and there was a lot of there was also a lot of wealth and and so it just didn't seem like the place that that the church would thrive right and mm-hmm. it, that really was so important to me because I realized it's like Paul saying to the church, you know, in New York City or to the church in New Orleans or to the church in Seattle where we see these these amazing cities but not necessarily cities that are are known to be God fearing right but but yet these churches can thrive there because the church is for now. It's for our real life. And and I think that was just such a cool thing because I realized, you know, even living in Nashville where we have so much cultural, arts, entertainment, literature, uh, you know, theater, sports. And I thought th- the church is meant to thrive even in these places, even in these places where oftentimes God is not feared or he's not revered. And and we, we as believers can thrive right in the middle because, because the church is meant for real life. And I, I think that was that was just kind of eye-opening for me because I think sometimes we open up the Bible and we open these letters and we don't consider the context. And we, at least in my mind, I just think, oh, Paul's writing to this nice little house church and they're probably out in some village side and there's no darkness there. You know, it's just everybody's just kind of in their own little world and having Bible studies and mm-hmm. drinking tea or whatever. But it's not. He's, he's writing to societies just like today. And that, that was really cool for me to see and understand.
0: Yeah, and you actually mentioned a phrase that we were going to ask you about. So that's perfect, a perfect segue. But you talk about, in all things new, that the gospel is made for real life and that the church of God is meant to thrive in real life. So what does that look like and what does that mean to you?
2: well I, I think just you know not to reiterate exactly what I just said but I think that the whole idea that it's it's meant to be out hitting the pavement it, the church mm-hmm. is not just supposed to thrive in this utopian place where we're set where we're um, set apart from society and where we just huddle by ourselves but that the gospel is is for us in our lives, like in my neighborhood, you know, I was thinking last year, well, actually it was the year before, it was right before the pandemic, I started having my neighbors over for dinner. Mm -hmm. And some are professing believers and some are professing not none, like Mm -hmm. absolutely not. And I really just wanted to open my home and, and get to know people because because I wanted to take what Paul was saying seriously, like, hey, this, this is for now. This is for, and I remember um, one of my friends came in and uh, I'm not sure if she's an atheist, maybe agnostic. And, and she was asking me more about myself. And I said, well, yeah, I I teach Bible studies. I write Bible studies. I, you know, and I said, it's a little, it's like not the normal thing. And, and I'll (laughs) never forget it. I was pulling something out of the oven and she said, well, I'm here, aren't I? And it was like, yeah, that's weird, but I'm yeah. here because yeah. you know I and I was somebody that had reached out to her in a hard time and 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 so it, there was like this there was something that was attractive and it, it it's, it's Christ it's it's Christ and His compassion and His love and so I think that that's I, I just think that for so much of my growing up it was all about holding up and separating on some level and like ooh there's the people out there that don't know the Lord and they're, they're opposed to the things of the Lord and so we have to we have to stay separate and we have to and the, yet in a place like Corinth church, the church was just Paul's writing to the church there the, the people were getting saved there people were growing there and it's meant to penetrate society so I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at um, that that I I oftentimes because of my upbringing in a Christian home I tend to retreat and I felt like in this study, Paul was saying, "No, you have the power of the gospel. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. Push out, and mm-hmm. and 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 even beyond that, just ministering to those in our in our world. You know, whether it's the poor or the forgotten, or the sick or the lonely, uh, or the elderly, we're supposed to be a relevant force in our culture. Yeah. And I I just think we see that in in First and Second Corinthians because. Of how similar Corinth is to our own society, does is, is that getting at it, Elizabeth?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think just the the thought that it is supposed to be an outwardly demonstrated faith, like the gospel is meant to be to go out from us, um, and that does affect our day to day. and And I love how your friend said that, like, "Well, I'm here," and so yeah. um, just thinking through, like, who in our own lives is here, ready for mm-hmm. us to, and it may not be where they're ready in the fact that she's going to pray the sinner's prayer you know sure. at your next gathering but just the fact that she knows that you are open and you do know what the bible says and you teach it and so when she does hit a a dark time if if that happens for her she's like you know who i think may have the answers um that's and right. i think that's a big part of um our witness is to just be available for people um And so yeah i i love how you said that and that is real life you know and even though like you know
1: we've been in this kind of
0: isolation a little bit (laughs) over the last
1: year um even for me just working from home you know i've gotten out and i've you know walked in my neighborhood a lot more and i've just met people that Mm. i might not have met um even and and just like you said just having those moments of conversation of just getting to know them and and that is real life like it's just that life on life which um i love that about your studies one of the things that probably stood out to me from your very very first study (laughs) was that you wanted to include like recipes and in the leader guides and things like that which was kind of this new thing and i've actually made several of the recipes and stuff and you know and you talked about pre-covid just you know inviting people over and stuff so like how did you kind of did, was that your idea from the beginning and what's been what's been the reason behind that in the practice well,
2: I backed into it, Kelly. Um, this was so when I wrote my very first Bible study, "No Other Gods." That was probably when I was actually writing it. Was probably we're looking at like fourteen years ago or some somewhere that in that seems neighborhood. crazy that was that long ago. I don't know. Let's not date me. It was four that's years. Not, that's not. Uh, <laughs> but I at that time I I was in gosh I think I was in my twenties and I was really learning how to cook. I really I I didn't cook much. And I thought, okay, I want to have people over and I want, I want them to pilot the study for me. I want to actually have like a little beta test group to go through the study. And I thought, but how am I going to get them over to help me do this? Well, I'm going to need to feed them. And so I started cooking for this small group of people that came over to help me in my studies. And then after that, uh, we would you know, move houses and they would cook and we all, it just became our thing. We would do dinners together before we would go through the study. And and then I thought, you know, we realized this has become a huge part of our time. It's not it's not even just an additional thing that's just about food. It, this was it was really that time of eating together that we got really honest with one another, that we were able to share, that we were able to really laugh. And by the time we got done with that meal, we were ready to study the scriptures. We we something had happened over that meal. So when it came time to actually put this No Other Gods into print, I went to Lifeway and I said, Hey, can I can I include these recipes? And they were so gracious. The problem was I I, I gave all my recipes up that first study. So when this <laughs> study came around and everybody was like, hey, are you going to put those recipes in? I'm like, no, that's all, I got six. That's all I got. You know. What, and So we ended up getting creative and people, you know, I got some from my mom. I got some from women that had done the study that had a good salad recipe or whatever. And then it kind of just turned into its own thing all the way to – A couple years ago, I published a cookbook with Lifeway called A Place at the Table. And I actually partnered with a chef, Regina Pinto, to put that cookbook together. And it's just a cookbook. I mean, it's all recipes. And then I do write just some fun things and things about hospitality and gardening and canning and all that. But, yeah, so that's how it is, Kelly. It really, honestly, it just started as kind of an accidental, fluky thing. And now what's really funny is I'll get emails... Not saying a peep about the Bible study, but like, are you sure there's <laughs> supposed to be that much cilantro in the, and I'm thinking, okay, great. Like, nothing about first, second, or third John, just how much cilantro needs right. to go into this enchilada, you know, so. Yeah.
1: But, but, you, you know, no, I mean, been awesome. yeah. It it really is a biblical principle, though, of for inviting sure. people to the table, and yeah. you see that throughout Scripture. So I just I love
0: it. I I love that part of your studies. Yes.
2: Oh, thank you. It's and been as, fun. Yeah, I really enjoy it too.
0: As we kind of close out the All Things New Bible study um, through for the podcast. Uh, We wanted to ask our usual question, but with a bit of a twist, um, since I know you've been on the podcast a few times before, so you've answered it in lots of ways, (laughs) Um, but how do you hope the women who have studied all things new in 2 Corinthians, either through your Bible study before now or through the podcast the last eight weeks, how do you hope that they are marked by their study of 2 Corinthians?
2: Oh, man, there are so many different ways that I could could answer that. But I would say, I have to say, I go back to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where this is where Paul has been asking the Lord to remove this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what exactly the thorn is, but we know it's a pain, something that has been really difficult for him that he has pleaded with the Lord to remove and the lord's response to him was and this is 2 Corinthians 12:9 my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness and i think that if we can if 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 people if, if we as a people of god can be marked by the fact that god's grace is sufficient for us no matter what it is that we're going through and that that uh Let me see. I don't want to mess up the uh, wording here. Yeah, and that, um, and that his power. Sorry, his power is made perfect in our weakness. Um, So when we're weak, we don't have what it takes because we don't. That we would experience that power um, in our lives, and that we would know that his grace is sufficient. And I I think that that's where you know Paul gets there. He says, "Therefore, I'm going to gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside." in me, for when I'm weak, I'm strong. And so I would say that that's how I would love for us to be marked through this, is that our weakness would be a place where we can lean into the sufficiency of the grace of Christ and also um, the the perfection of His power in our weakness.
1: I think that's such a great, great way to sum up really. For sure. Oh, the yeah. whole study, yeah. Kelly, we want to thank you for just allowing us to to use the audio of the teaching sessions. And we want to encourage our listeners, you know, we're, these are only going to be up for a really limited time. So if you haven't done it, you may not have much
0: time left to, to yeah, do that. You might want to binge the rest of them. They can binge them. That's right. Absolutely.
2: No, I mean, it's. I, I, I would love that. I mean, I try to, in the teaching videos, I try to take the real uh, practical pieces that are are specifically relevant to our everyday lives. And so I think that it's hopefully it's listenable and maybe some practical encouragement, some practical things that we can do uh, to be more obedient to Christ. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. Thank you, guys. I love being on the Marked podcast and (laughs) I'm a huge fan. And I'm so, so, so grateful to, to be able to partner with LifeWay.
0: Yeah. And if for some reason you didn't get to listen to all the episodes, we'll put links in the show notes where you can rent videos or uh, buy audio sessions just like the podcast and all that kind of stuff. So just in case you missed a session... You can catch up that way, um, and we'll have links to those in the show notes. Yeah, you may even want to just grab
1: another group uh, yeah. for your next Bible study and right. get the leader kit and the videos. And you know, even if you've just listened to it, you're always going to learn something new from our Definitely. studies, even if you get the more than one time. So thanks again, Kelly. And listeners, thanks again for joining us. And we just um, are excited that we get to be with you each week, and we hope you'll join us next
0: week. Bye. so much for listening
1: if you want to join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter and instagram at kelly d king and at ed hindman use the hashtag marked
0: podcast to connect with us you can also find lifeway women on all social media channels at lifeway women all of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast if you love the show leave an itunes review it's a great way
1: for other people to hear about the podcast we'll see you next time